welcome to the Human Size Leader Podcast, where we discuss the human side of leadership. I'm Zach. I'm Crystal. And today we're going to be talking about why emotions matter. Yay. Yay. <laughs> emotions. You, know, you may hate them. You may love them. You may be very emotional. You may be unemotional. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole spectrum of emo- uh, of people and how we deal with emotions, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. You may not understand them at all. You may not even value them. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, but they matter and they're there. And so we're going to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was just, I was thinking about emotions, Crystal, just this morning, just reflecting on uh, how emotions have played a life, a role in my leadership. And sometimes um, emotions have led me to to great leadership heights, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I've been really jazzed up about something and excited and it's easier for me to get my team on board. And then there's been other times where my emotions have led me to but some of my biggest leadership mistakes. Um, right. And so I was just yeah. reflecting on that this morning, just how, how the highs and lows of leadership emotions have been there. Yeah. Yeah. So t- true for me as well. And what I think for me has been a huge leadership aha is that one emotions just are, they're going to be there no matter whether you like them, whether you think they should be there, whether you think they should be affecting things they are. Um, but they don't have to control or, or lead you, but they're part of the factor They're And they're a valuable part of the leadership decision-making, the leadership process. And the more we can understand, embrace them and bring them into a healthy space to use them for what they are is a part of, um, a part of our being, a part of how we're created and understanding, and then being able to use that information well is such a benefit to being a good leader, a good person, <laughs> a healthy person, a person people yeah. want to be around. Um, but you have to start with the fact of acknowledging and accepting that they are a part of us. They're not, they're not a side effect of something being wrong. They are a part of our everyday and we're having emotions constantly. Um, sometimes I think we only register the the negative or the really, really positive or really negative, but I have realized in my life, emotions are, um, driving things all the time. And a lot of times, especially when people in heightened situations are telling me emotions are bad, it's usually very emotional. (laughs) They're very emotionally (laughs) saying that. Um, so that's a very fascinating thing, but, um, yeah. So how do we even start to have a healthier relationship with our emotions? I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? They just, they are, they're, they're neither good nor bad, but, but they are a part of us. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when I've made mistakes with my emotions on a leadership level, uh, well, there's two sides of the spectrum, but one of them is that I've made my plans, right? I, uh, pencil and paper, what, what's going to happen um, mm-hmm. without emotions being evolved in it. Right. And then like, right. And then I've had this view of leadership where the proper leadership move is that emotions are just not a part of any of it. And Mm -hmm. that's failed because I'm an emotional person. (laughs) And and the people I lead have different spectrum of emotions. And so I think part of the victory is just to acknowledge that um, it it needs to be a part of our leadership planning emotions. Um, Mm -hmm. And even... Um, just a little glimpse into my day. The worst part of my day is about from 1.30 uh, p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Uh, I struggle with low emotions. And mm-hmm. um, it's a, a lull in my day. It's when I'm the most tired. Um, yeah. it, that is, And so I know 
when I'm leading that I need to plan around that, hey, I'm going to struggle this time. I need to, this is not the time to have a critical conversation. Mm -hmm. This is not the time for these things that are a little harder emotionally um, and to just prepare for them. So understanding first how you operate, like what's going on inside of you. And I hear you saying that just an acceptance that that is a time that you're not going to handle emotions well, like that you need space in that. Yeah. 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 Um, with the emotional, um, journey, you know, it's going back to that emotions just are, I think one thing I, I've struggled with and I'm actually right now dealing with, um, on my journey of, of growing as a person, like the aftermath of not dealing with emotions in the time. Well, and it's like not, um, not embracing emotions or having that just stuffing them down is a, is a common word. Um, and saying, yeah, I'm not an emotional, I'm not driven by emotions, but not dealing with them. It's like saying, I don't digest food or my heart doesn't beat, or I don't have this, um, rash growing on my arm or whatever. Like it's, it's a a part of us. It's a part of our physicality. And like right now I'm, I'm honestly just be very vulnerable going through a stage in my life where there's, um, a lot of hard stuff in the past where I've always been the strong, I, I can, I can lead well without like losing it or I can move well through life even when it's hard. But a lot of that was compartmentalizing and not understanding emotions. Um, and now I'm in a space where that's coming back to, to bite me because it's like, it's triggering things that I didn't deal with and they were always there. Um, and I also with, with a, a journey of not really openly understanding emotions or being in maybe a context in my nurturing journey to understand emotions. I have like a, I have had in the past a lack of verbiage or being able to decipher. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a, a real, um, problem too, that I think should be addressed is that some don't have the skill set, like, and it's not because we're like not able to, but like if we've grown up in an environment where emotions weren't talked about and we, or we haven't been in any kind of environment where that's been, um, taught to us or we've been able to observe it. Like it's, for me, it's really hard. Um, and I've had to work really hard to get words for my emotions. Um, and that I think having verbiage for it is a first place you have to start and that takes work. Yeah, very true. And I think one of the, um, you know, with all these, all the principles we talk about, but emotions as well is, this isn't something you can just work on in isolation on your own. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like what you're talking about is is so true. I mean, I was just thinking and, you know, I'm a strong, my struggles on the other side of yours, Crystal, where I'm a very strong emotional person. I know my emotions um, to a fault, right? (laughs) (laughs) I can get so in my emotions and, um, that it's, it can overwhelm me, um, and make me really self-absorbed if, to be honest. And, um, all I can think about is how someone doesn't understand my emotions and how could they, and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I can get trapped in that. Um, but one of the beautiful things in my life has been, um, in my marriage, my, my wife is a lot less emotional than I am. Uh, (laughs) And so um, it's helped me to calm. And at the same time, I've helped her to discover her emotions because she has them. Mm -hmm. Um, She just is unaware of where they're coming from. And so one of the things that we've done just in our, in community within our marriage is just like, Hey, this is how this would make me feel. 
Right. Um, does that resonate with you? And that's kind of helped her have verbiage for her emotions. And so it's just interesting how no matter where we start, um, where we are on our emotional spectrum, mm-hmm. um, there's it's something we have to work at. Yeah, like practice. Yeah, and I was yeah. thinking, like, sometimes I think it's scary to the practice of it's very hard. Cause once you put it out there, like for me, I feel like, okay, now I'm going to be identified with this. Now I'm going to be boxed in. Like I have this really difficult, um, aversion to being boxed in <laughs> by anything yeah. like, and that's, it's, it's kind of silly, but at the same time, you know, and depending on communication styles and, and, and dynamics, sometimes it feels like if you say something now it's solid, like this is what it is. And the, the difficulty with emotions is they're often, um, like we said, they are like, you may feel something that the intensity isn't logical or it doesn't match how you really f- logically think or what you value or what you want the outcome to be, but you have to deal with that mess of the emotion and acknowledge it first. I think, right. Zach, I'm actually asking you this here. Counsel, counsel for a minute. Um, <laughs> like, like, I feel like I'm learning that you have to acknowledge and embrace what you're actually feeling to be able to work to the healthy outcome, which that beginning is not by vocalizing it and embracing it. You're not accepting it as what is healthy, but it is what is happening. So it's hard to, without acknowledging that or working through that, it's hard to get to the healthy place. And I think me and probably a lot of other people just try to circumvent that and say, Oh, I don't feel that way. That's stupid. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's the reframing for success. Um, mm. is that recognizing what our emotions are in non-judgment. Mm. periods hard stop i mean that that is a difficult that's a difficult thing like because we have certain emotions right that happiness for example um you're jubilant you're don't, we don't charge that that but if someone is grieving all of a sudden that is looked down upon depending on the situation, but yeah. we, we, it's like, so, like, I'll just give this example. Like I'm someone that I'm really okay with sadness. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, that's one of my predominant emotions that, that I live in. And I've found that makes others very uncomfortable. Um, so when I express my sadness, um, they want to stop that. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I've found when people do that to others, they're doing it to themselves as well. Yeah. In fact, it's a good signal for you to know how you can help someone in community that when they're uncomfortable with one of your emotions, they're uncomfortable with that emotion within themselves. Yeah. And so they're protecting. Yeah, to recognize the emotion in a non-judgment way. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. That uh, makes a lot of sense. And you brought up grief too, and that made me think about grief as a great case study example of this because everybody's forced into it at some point. Right. And that's why I think why it's so something that we all see and and grief kind of has a, there's a whole study and understanding around grief um, emotionally and psychologically and all that. And uh, from my best understanding of it, you know, grief is commonly to be illogical. There's the the five stages of grief that you go through. They're Mm -hmm. not always necessarily logical. I I can't remember them off the top of my head. I think there's like denial and um, I know there's denial acceptance. There's three other ones, but like people are forced into this illogical space. And like you said, grief, sometimes we like people just want to stop it because it makes them uncomfortable. But like what we've, what we see in that is it's, it's a normal thing 
to have in that heightened emotional state, which grief is where something is ripped apart from you and the emotions cannot be avoided. Um, that fact of them being difficult <laughs> and illogical and, and, um, but we learn from the process of people who help people through grief and that you have to, you have to walk through that. You have to walk through those stages in an emotional state to get to the place of health and become restabilized per se. Yeah, totally true. And and if we're viewing the emotion, whatever's in us, I mean, if we're in the anger point of grief, for example, and we're trying to stop and squelch mm -hmm. the anger, like we're going to be stuck. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've tried that with someone else, but like one of the, one of the worst things I could do in a argument with my lovely bride that is to say calm down right <laughs> she's, she's angry calm down um yeah right yeah. but we try to do that to ourselves i think uh -huh. um, and it, it's good to recognize hey i'm in an emotional state that's that's going to be poor at leadership at this point in time I mean, right. that's great we need to recognize that but don't try to squell that emotion in fact and i think the hope for today is like that we could be curious about it yeah because yeah. the first step is just a non-judgment, but the next step is to to be curious about why we're feeling what we're feeling. That is actually where we're going to get a little bit of a command over our emotions. Yeah, um, and I would add I to think. that hope for hope. Yeah, absolutely. I'd add to that hope for the day. Just the, the tangible, you know, step of when you feel that coming, when you feel emotions or you're becoming more aware and more curious and you feel it happening. Give yourself some space for a moment, you know, excuse yourself, breathe a few times. I know that for me is where I lose it. Cause I react. I'm a rapid fire processor. And like, unless I give myself that space and then practice what you're saying, the curiosity and non-judgment, I'm never going to overcome the cycle. Cause the other thing about emotions is they, <laughs> they ignite, right? <laughs> they, um, especially when the negative ones, they like, you know, it becomes a snowball. It's hard to go back. So I would say, um, you know, give yourself that space. You have control over that. Um, even if it's a little bit weird or awkward, we've talked about that too. And we practice new things. We practice uh, being healthy. It might be awkward to say, Hey, I need a moment or I'm going to count to five over here. I just watched this documentary about, um, what is it? Br Brawl at the palace or something. You might know about this. It was a basketball thing. And it was, uh, this, uh, in the, I think it was the eighties or early nineties and it was two basketball teams and someone threw something from the stands and it hit a basketball player and it was already heightened because these guys had a rivalry and it was like, uh, I think it was somewhere by Chicago. Um, and so this person throws a can and hits a basketball player in the back of the head. Who's already kind of a, he's in therapy. So you, I learned from the documentary, this guy's in therapy. He's got anger problems, hits him in the head. Um, after the he why that happened is they got in a fight on the, an argument, the basketball players were arguing. And if you watch the footage, before the can gets thrown, right? Um, the basketball players argue. And the one guy who has these anger management problems and is in therapy, he goes and lays down on the referee's table or the scorekeeper table, which was like this bizarre thing. And you find out later is like, he's learning, I need to count to five <laughs> and recenter myself. And so he literally laid down, puts hand, head, hands behind his head. And he's like on a televised game counting to five. And that that I think is what angered people is he, they thought he was being nonchalant. They thought he was like, you know, just being a jerk showing that body language when the guy's actually trying to center himself. And then the fans are so mad. This guy throws a can that hits him in the head. Long story short, you could look it up. It turns into this big brawl. People get like arrested <laughs> and like 
um, suspended from the NBA. It was terrible. But hearing the story behind it is like, he was literally, when you watch it with those eyes, trying to step back and center himself. And people took that as offensive. Um, so I guess that's not hopeful for today. Hopefully people won't get offended when you take that step back. (laughs) But I thought it was interesting that, you know, that's, that's something that he was, he was trying to learn for his anger problems is I just need to take a step back and count to five. Yeah, that's good. You know, that's a great, um, little aside there is when, when we are in emotions, even the positive emotions, we need to be really aware that we're at a heightened state and um move carefully because you know when i'm in a positive state right so i'm all charged up that's when i overcommit mm-hmm. right as a leader i overpromise i overcommit oh we're going to take this hill and i start making these grandiose statements that when i'm not in a heightened state i'm like oh great yeah. i just promised a bunch of things that yeah. i can't I can't do. And so it it's not just the negative side, it's a positive side too of just be aware of where where you are as a leader yeah. in that moment because you're either going to rose rose up everything and and yeah. then your your team you're like walking into a disaster or the opposite. Oh, everything's terrible. Um like anyone that's led for 2 seconds knows it's emotional roller coaster. And so Yeah. And just, so just be aware of that. Yeah. So take time, take a moment for yourself to um, take inventory non-judgmentally and be curious yeah. is what I hear. Hope yeah, for today. For we sure. have control over that. Yeah. 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 And I think that kind of leads into Crystal. I, I believe maybe an action step um, yeah. is, you know, when you're experiencing a strong emotion, um, my recommended action step is to ask three deep questions, go three deep with it. Like, oh, I'm angry. What's making me angry? Uh, and then once you answer that, ask the second layer. Is there, is there another emotion I'm feeling with anger? Mm-hmm. Um, and what is that? And just start. And if you need to write that down, like write it down, but just go three deep. Because sometimes, um, when, not sometimes, all the time, when we're experiencing a very strong emotion, there are other emotions with it. Mm -hmm. which are probably give us a more true sense of what's going on inside of us. Um, Because like anger, for example, um, anger is secondary. There's, there's, there's something under there and it, and it's different for each one of us. Um, But it's usually hitting on when I'm angry, at least I can say, speak for myself. When I'm very angry, it's hitting on a tap root that goes very deep into something else and Mm -hmm. and i'm usually even being a very emotional aware person i'm usually unaware of Mm -hmm. um, how deep that goes and what it's attached to Um, and that's why when people around me like if i get angry and they're like whoa where'd that come from Uh, (laughs) like because they don't know my inner life and my history and all this other stuff that's going on yeah. And it takes, it takes time. I mean, I don't think, I think we need not have pressure to figure that out right away. It takes time yeah. to unravel that, but just being in the For process sure. of orientating yourself to be having that, that outlook of I'm going to investigate this. And I want to highlight what you said it, but it's so important that anger is a secondary emotion. So if you are feeling anger, there is always something under it. Anger is caused by shame. It is caused by being disrespected, feeling unloved. There's like, there's, 
dozens, hundreds of things, but it anger exists because something else is happening. So you will always have a layer underneath that. Yeah. And I'll, and you know, <laughs> I don't know why this sparked this in me, but one of my big flaws as a leader, especially early on was every, everything, when an actions would happen around me, um, I'd get angry. And what was underneath that all the time was they don't respect me. Right. That mm-hmm. That's what I would interpret all this action as is the people I'm leading or my peers don't respect me. And it took me a while to get to a point where as I would, like you were saying, I didn't come to this right away. Uh, but mm-hmm. over time with asking the questions, all of a sudden it was, that was actually revealing my fear because I didn't think I was the proper leader at the time. So then I was putting that on everything, everybody else that they don't respect me. And um, I was hyping up situation after situation, which were actually really easy things to handle. But I was in such an emotional, strong state of like, they don't respect me that I would come back so strong um, in anger and I would blow up so many things as a, as a leader. And so that's where asking those questions, you become a better leader, a more calm leader um, over time. Yeah. Practice, practice. Do-overs yeah. and grace. <laughs> yeah. So this week, continue to fail forward in your leadership. You got this. Thanks for joining us today on the Human Size Podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time. Please join us next time when Crystal and Zach talk about the challenge of friendship. Now go and have a great week. 